At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast. We go to any 5e books and talk about various rules and haunt your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player in Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself. And today we're here to talk to you about curses. <laughs> so, uh, the new Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft has come out a couple of weeks ago, and there is honestly just a lot of cool things in that book. So this week, we're going to just focus in on another uh, pair of neat topics brought up in the book, in particular for today, curses. So, Nathan, what is a curse? It's that thing where you're like, damn you, I hope you trip and fall on your ass tomorrow when you're weeding the garden. <laughs> or something. Uh, okay, I... No, Am I'm I wrong? I'm not gonna say it. <sighs> I mean, you have kind of, it's just your scale of things that is not as interesting but anyway how is it not interesting it's really funny a guy is weeding his garden and he pulls too hard and falls on his ass how is that not funny or interesting at all it is neither of those things <laughs> anyway so technically speaking a curse is a solemn utterance in Tended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. So, in the new book, how much are curses actually talked about? Very often, all the time. <laughs> Says person who has still not cracked open the book, has he? Remy, what's a book? I figured. Okay, fine. So... Joking aside, though, the new Ravenloft book does have actually a good couple of pages that does talk about how to make use of curses. However, what is it that makes a curse kind of less interesting in a world like D&D that is relatively high magic? They're very boring, lack of imagination, and pretty much is, okay, you... you you in a lot of pain. Kind of, but what's more irksome is the fact that clerics, paladins, warlocks, and wizards all have access to the spell Remove Curse, which just gets rid of a curse immediately, instantly. So, so wait, 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 you're, you're telling me I, the great lord demon, 
Luthathar, cast a curse <laughs> upon you and your, your, your kind for all eternity. Each of your offspring will have tree toes and tree toes only and you'll look really dumb. And then two days later, somebody's like, remove curse no, and no. it's all gone. We're eighth level. Our cleric has been able to cast that for a while. Boop, boop, boop. All better. Whoa, that kind of sucks. Yeah. That, that just so, like removes all the dramatic tension. Yeah, it's a problem, which is why I appreciate the additional and updated rules that is introduced in this book, because they introduce persistent curses, which is something that is not so easy to deal with. So uh, that is actually skipping ahead a bit. So let's talk more about just how curses work here, because they actually give a pretty just hefty amount of information that I rather appreciate. So actually, before I even do that much, let's actually go just to the very basics of just why. So what is the purpose of a curse, Nathan? The purpose of a curse. Yeah, it is something that you do as a petty action uh, because Nathan. you can't do anything. Well, fine. It's it's a it's a bad thing that uh that you do, someone, and uh I actually don't know how to define it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, to just go ahead and take a sentence that I like the phrasing of from the book. These curses provide ominously poetic responses to fateful choices and afflictions that last until they're alleviated by specific remedies. Spells at the character's disposal might relieve these curses' effects temporarily, but can't lift them completely. The price must be paid. Man, I really just like how a lot of this book is written. <laughs> <sighs> but there are actually a couple of sections that they divide this into. So the way that the book goes on to describe it talks about laying curses, components of a curse. And then it also goes on to a whole bunch of just examples of potential curses that one might use. So. In terms of laying a curse, can you name any situations that might be a good opportunity for you as a DM to just introduce a curse? When I die, uh, the person that kills me will have itchy feet for days. Okay, again, you're skipping ahead. I'm not saying what the curses are yet. Right now, just Sorry. when curse. We'll get there, Nathan. We'll get there. When, when curse? When curse. When curse? When, when does curse happen? Yeah. Uh, you 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 go to the tomb of the mummy and then you die because <laughs> there's curse on tomb and you're not supposed to be there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the reason that I'm laughing at that is that literally the first bulleted example is defiling a sealed tomb. Hey. So yeah. <laughs> so good job, Nathan. You get a cookie. I get cookie. If you're really good, maybe even cheesecake. Man, that sounds good. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. Joking aside, though, like curses are something that I really like the idea of because it is a narrative way to have a consequence to actions. And it is 
very explicitly not something that you need to do by normal you know spell a countered by spell b like this is something that can be done just with a little bit more creativity on the part of a dungeon master so there actually are some rather interesting warnings in this section of the book that are pretty interesting to me so they should be dramatically appropriate responses to meaningful choices characters make. If every goblin or bandit coughs out a dying curse, the narrative impact fades. And that's actually a really good point. Because this is something that, yeah, even if this is something that you decide is possible in your world, then what exactly is enough for a curse to take hold and like how often should this be a thing that happens because if it is every time that someone dies then they're able to just put off like uh you know curse you <laughs> <laughs> you feel itch forever like, i i i i just want that like you know i i want that to be a sad thing where everyone's given a curse right oh, but no. like like, like, you know, the thing is based on, like, how, how vengeful you are. And then it can be, like, the most freaking stupid thing where it's like, damn you for taking the cookies. And then it's, it's like, oh, no. Every See, time. Okay, that is something that, like, maybe I would play, like, as just a one shot of just silly yeah. curse world. But I would not <laughs> want to play a campaign where it's that easy. Where it's just any bit of negative emotion is enough to trigger a curse. Good I God. Mean, it would be freaking funny. It's like you get too fake every time you eat a cookie. It's like, yeah, it's been uh, ruined. I mean, I would at least hope that that's a world where you actually can use remove curse. <laughs> that would make God, sense. that would just be. Because if it's that easy to get cursed and hard to remove, curse it, that you, would just get. I give ridiculous. you diabetes. No. Oh, no. Damn you. Ugh, that wouldn't be cool. That... Anyway, I'm sorry. That also was a bit of a tangent. Um, <laughs> but anyway, laying a curse. So the most important section that I just read that I really do want to just narrow and focus your attention on. Dramatically appropriate responses to meaningful choices characters make that is the most important line here about when a curse should be laid so as an example hey nathan have you ever played in a game where the players do a genocide uh or a massacre let's say i i suppose i have maybe yeah and in terms of just morality would you say that something like that is a no-no? I think it's perfectly fine. Would the cosmos think that such is perfectly fine? Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. So if there was, let's say, oh, a small camp on the side of the road that is killed to the last man with a child cut in half with half the body stored in a chest... I what? don't know what you're the... talking about, but okay. Uh-huh. Session zero. I, I know, I'm joking. 
well, other people listening may not think I'm actually using a hypothetical. <laughs> this is a thing that happened. It's like, it's like oddly specific. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so that's a kind of situation that as a DM, I would say, well, actually, as a human, I would say, dear God, that's fucked up. The hell is wrong with you? <laughs> but as a DM, I would say, oh, well, this creates an interesting potential. Because that's the kind of thing that, again, just depending on how you treat magic in your world, like, you know, each death creates just a building residue of psychic torment. And then at the end of the party's actions, all of that energy just lingers and is absorbed into the party. And as a consequence, that camp's just dying will has imbued a curse upon the party. I could absolutely do a thing like that. And this could absolutely be a way in world even for why such things maybe don't happen so often. Because... If you live in a world where there are that kind of immediate consequence, well, maybe not even immediate, but we'll get to that in a bit, but there actually might be magical consequences to actions, how do you think that that affects the world in terms of people doing bad things? Bad. Well, hopefully good, because my hope, at least, is that if people knew for a fact that like if they kill someone in a particularly you know grotesque or painful way that it is even potentially possible that they might get some form of you know dramatically ironic curse like I mean, that would be a consideration to me would you consider like palpatine's lightning thing like uh, that makes him look all fucked and shit uh-huh. a curse I wouldn't. I would call that bad writing of why can't he just stop shooting the lightning once someone starts reflecting it back at him. Right. Okay. That is just something that infuriates me, the fact that they did that <laughs> three fucking times. Uh, that uh, legitimately makes me angry. I absolutely despise that he always just gets fucked up by his own goddamn... Anyway... Stop distracting me, Nathan. <laughs> the point being, curse, curses. Yes, that is the thing. Um, it is entirely within a DM's purview to decide how frequent a curse can happen. So that is something that I really do think that a DM should consider, like, just as part of world building is just like, are curses a thing in my world at all? where it is this kind of almost uncontrolled magic? Or is it something that is just incredibly rare? Or not? Like, that changes a lot, depending on what answers may be for those questions. So let's just say it is a relatively rare thing, and that it is only particularly bad things that trigger a curse. So something like just, um, you know, a big massacre of innocent people you know but another example that is actually given in the bulleted list that i also quite like slaying a villain 
who's backed by a powerful entity, such as a demon lord or a deity. So they use the word villain, but then demon lord and deity here. I think that that can be opened up in a lot of interesting ways. Like, imagine if there are just like a handful of clerics in the world or just holy people, however you decide to call them, that are just much closer to a deity. Just, you know, whether that is just because they're, you know, the handful of high level people or whether it literally is just like the people who are most faithful somehow, whatever, you know, the the bullshit reasoning is just like if any of those people were to be killed, like you can actually have there be like a deity inflicted curse upon the one who slew these good individuals or the other way around where it can be a potential consequence either known or unknown because how scary would a villain be if it was known that they were like someone working under a demon lord and they made it like part of their pact is the idea that like if they are killed some bad curse is inflicted on the ones responsible for slaying them that's the kind of thing that might even make someone think twice about killing them which creates a lot of good narrative opportunities for a dungeon master because then that creates the situation of either a like do we have to kill the person and just accept and figure out how to deal with the curse do you think that the curse is just some very clever bluff and then just go into the fight not expecting anything to actually happen or do you even <laughs> actively choose to not kill the person and then just you know have to send them to magic person jail you know and then I you just potentially have a recurring character having mm -hmm. an enemy with a curse creature that 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 somehow is demonstrated or is is like anticipated enough that people actually feel the attacking would be a great character to pit against Garo. <laughs> oh no <laughs> no because here's the thing Hayden uh... like like i'm sorry Garo. he's the kind of character that he does all the bad shit, right? but the second that there's like any potential long-term consequences, it gets a lot more antsy. Uh huh. <laughs> like, like when when he he kept on telling, "Oh, I can't bury to die," and then when he actually died, it was like, "Oh, oh no, oh no, it's oh, so no. sad." Yes, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I, I just imagining the exact same thing. Where it's like, so uh. Gorf now has a curse. It's like, but, but, but then I, I, I'm not, I can't have a curse. You know, you, you can already imagine him being aspirate, as aspirated and stuff. Exactly. So That's now great. you're starting to see some of the potential narrative benefits of using more interesting curses, because the whole basic idea of a curse gives a lot for a DM to play with here. So. One other question. If a curse is triggered, how known should it be? No, 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 no. it's more so, fun. Honestly, I would say it depends. Because, like, let's say that there is some, you know, ancient resting place of a holy warrior 
And like the party knows, ooh, that sounds like a place that might have cool loot. And maybe it even does. But then because of the fact that they are just looting this, you know, resting holy figure that that invokes a curse on them. So maybe there is just like some really cool, you know, magic mace that it was left in this tomb that the party just decides mine now. So you have this person who has this, you know, ancient holy relic that ain't supposed to have been taken out of that tomb. So, okay, do you do something to make it known that they're cursed? And this really is something that, like, my actual answer really is it depends. So in that situation, they may honestly just not know and not find out for some amount of time that they have been cursed with something. On the other hand, if you do have the, you know, the you know, curse you dying person kind of curse, that's something that they very well may know. Like maybe you do describe that just like they're, you know, after they've made their pronouncement, you know, there's a brief just flash of magical light and then their corpse collapses, you know, fully dead to the ground. Like, oh, shit, some, something happened. That's weird. Or you could also just go a little more narrative style even of just, you know, they utter their pronouncement and you just feel a chill down your spine or you just hear an ominous whistle of wind through the trees that suddenly billows, even though it was a windless day. Just something to describe that, oh, something weird happened. Like, it really does depend in my eyes how you want to do that just to the very specific circumstances. And doing it, obviously, or not, are both acceptable answers. Like, it's even funny, like, they even go a little more blunt uh, in the actual description in the Ravenloft book. Just, uh, uh, where was it here? The curse should be obvious in some way, such as a warning of dire consequences carved into the wall of an ancient crypt or relayed by a spell such as magic mouth. So this particular section is about when the curse is known specifically, like to make an obvious warning. But magic mouth is a little blunt because that is literally just <laughs> an illusion spell that just makes just a magical mouth to just say your message. So this actually can also be kind of a fun thing. Like you might actually have this spell in use, like at the ancient, you know, at the entrance of a tomb, just, and just have this pre-recorded illusion to just say, all who trespass here shall be cursed. Or like to actually explicitly say what kind of thing might happen. Of just like all who trespass here shall fail to find rest because exactly what you can do with a curse is open-ended as hell they give a pretty actually nice just bulleted list here just in possible ones so let me go through that and then we can also talk about some more options victim has disadvantage on attack rolls ability checks, saving throws, or some combination of the three can be tied to a single ability score or applied generally. So that's pretty fucking cool to me, actually. Just that first one. Because, okay, so it might be that the curse is, you know, you shall have clumsiness in combat. Mwahaha. So it's just disadvantage on attack rolls in combat. 
okay, that's a pretty fucking bad curse, really. Just that simple thing alone. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Or it could just be, you know, uh, maybe a famous bard, <laughs> bard's tomb. So then their curse, uh, you know, you shall find yourself tripping over your words. And so it's just disadvantage on charisma based checks. Like the sheer amount of flexibility just for that one, I really appreciate. So next up, a victim can't communicate using language whether through speaking, sign language, writing, telepathy, or any other means. Jesus, that's actually pretty fucked up. Victim gains three levels of exhaustion that can't be removed while the curse endures. Shit. That's also pretty goddamn dangerous. Just three levels of exhaustion, that's disadvantage on ability checks, attack rolls, saving throws, and have speed. So yeah, that's a lot. Jeez. Ooh, I like this one. When the victim finishes a long rest, they have to succeed on a DC 15 con saving throw, or their hit point maximum is reduced by 1d10. If this reduces their hit point maximum to zero, the victim dies and their body crumbles to dust. That's that's bad. That's really fucking bad. And it's also worse than I think you think it is. I, 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 I thought it just means you can't come back, you know? Can be resurrected. Yeah. yeah, so you would only be able to come back with the ninth level true resurrection, which is able to build a new damn body. But otherwise, any of the lesser resurrections would fail to be able to restore such a person if their body is just crumbled into dust. Jeez, that's rough. But also, the fact that it is on that timer is kind of interesting because. They have to fail the save, first of all, but then it reduces by 1d10. So that could be obviously as low as 1 or as high as 10 hit points. So depending on at what level this happens, this could just kill a first level character immediately. Or this might just be like a slow timer giving like a couple of weeks to a higher level character. 
And then that creates a timeline for that level of person for getting this freaking situation dealt with. I really like that. And honestly, there's a lot more things as part of this. I'm just going to mention one more. A monster hunts the victim relentlessly. Even if the monster dies, it rises again. Or a new one takes its place 24 hours later. That's fucking cool. So this is the kind of situation where you might have just like, just a zombie endlessly chases down the person who disturbed their rest. Or like they're constantly just hunting the person who killed them. Like in D&D, a zombie is relatively weak. And there's a reason that I'm giving this as the example and not a more powerful monster. How fucking scary would it be, Nathan, to have the party kill someone and just like abandon the corpse in the woods like adventurers so often tend to do? And then you just have the zombified corpse of that person just stumble through town, not attacking everyone in sight but just try just making a beeline to the party every single day because even if they kill it it just gets back up and keeps following day after day well here's the thing right it's like like sure let's say that you're a really powerful party even in that case it's kind of fucking scary, isn't it? Yes! And this is just making use of a zombie. So the weak, like one of the weakest undead there is, but at the same time, this creates a really cool narrative situation. This creates just this building tension of just like, how the hell do we get this thing to stop? Because again, this is where you can just use narration like, so even if the party just like, like, I don't know, let's just say they tie a bunch of rocks to it and just like, you know, bury it or just toss it in a river, or just do something to try to make it go away. And then like, let's just say that the way you're interpreting this as DM, that none of that matters. 24 hours later, it's on the prowl once again. You've burned it, buried it, disintegrated it. Day after day after day, it continues to follow. It doesn't matter that it's one of the weakest creatures. A DM can create fear and mood with such a creature, regardless of how strong the creature is. And that is exactly how I want per a curse to feel in my DD world. Having it be Again, that same sentence that I keep pointing out, it should be ominously poetic responses to fateful choices. The party does something, and there is a response from the world. Again, this could be because you as a DM are trying to get the party to not do something, but this could also just be, yeah, that's just how this shit happens. So now you, the party, have to figure out oh shit, like what the hell do we do about this? So that takes us to the last actual section on curses themselves, which is the resolution. How do you end the curse? So, I mentioned before that remove curse is a spell that exists. I hate the idea of remove curse 
literally just getting rid of something completely. That is silly and just removes all of the tension. So there is this lovely little section here on persistent curses where they mention that you can use remove curse, but the curse basically makes a saving throw to see if it actually is able to do anything. And even then, it might only remove the curse for a period of time. So you might be able to remove curse to give you a month off of the curse. Or it, you might be able to have it just give you, I don't know, a week, just depending on what the curse you want to do is. What kind of timeline just your game is at. Because if you have someone in the party who could cast Remove Curse, then like let's say you have a particularly powerful curse. That Remove Curse is only able to remove the spell for a day with one casting. Like, I'll be honest, to me that is kind of interesting, because then the party has to make a choice, depending on what the curse in question is. Like, okay, for just the sake of argument, let's say that the one that we're talking about is the disadvantage on attack rolls. Like, you're planning to go into some important fight, so you need to have the curse removed for, like, just for going into a boss battle or some such. But then, does the person with Remove Curse, like, do you put that on the player? You have to cast this spell every day, so you just don't have that additional third level spell slot because you are basically suppressing this curse? Is that something that that player or that character is willing to do? Is it the kind of situation where they choose to only do so for, you know, big situations and that otherwise they just kind of have to live with it? Like, again, opportunities, anything that does grant choices to players and to characters is something that I appreciate. And another thing that is just fun about curses in general is that, as I do so love to say as well, there are an infinite number of varieties on how to go about it. There is a lot of written stuff here about how you might choose to make use of curses, remove curses, examples of curses, but everything here is just examples that a DM can use. So that being said, Nathan, what do you think are some other ways to actually remove a curse? You, if you say sorry hard enough, Everything yes. is forgiven. Wait, what? Yes. What? Again, if a curse is done for some horrible action being done, then yeah, a proper restitution might remove it. So the question becomes, though, what is sufficient apology? And that's where things can get more interesting. So I actually really like one of the examples that they give here. Protecting a loved one dear to the person who laid the curse so let's say you know the someone like the red cardinal puts a curse on the party but through actions whatever happens the party ends up working alongside sabrina and okay so you are dealing with the daughter of a person who cursed you but just without thinking about that you know morris does something to just like legit save her life or like take a blow for her just something good like so that kind of action of equal like to measure redeem. 
yeah, like some equally or greater act of redemption for the thing that caused the curse in the first place. I really like the potential of that idea. And that's just kind of nice that like that's how it might get resolved. You could also go some like the more movie plot route of, okay, you have stolen some object that was supposed to, you know, stay at rest. And so you are just cursed while you have the thing. So it might very well be that like, okay, like even if you sell the thing, you're still cursed because you're the one who, you know, removed it from the resting place. But then the way to potentially get rid of such a curse might be that you have to get the item back and return it and like reseal the tomb. That'd be pretty cool to play out, I think. Like that could be a pretty interesting session of trying to like find a magic item that you offloaded, you know, sessions and sessions ago, trying to find like what has happened to it since, and then to find a way to actually get it back and then find a way back to the tomb and put it like back in the hands of its original wielder like that'd be really cool actually like i think there's good ways to make use of those kinds of tropes and again a lot of tropes exist because they work they're tropes because they're good ideas so if a lot of dms have this kind of silly idea in my opinion that like they shouldn't do anything that they've seen in a movie before because like oh whatever you know they've already done that you know the simpsons did it that whole meme but there's no reason that you should really limit yourself in such a way like if you are able to just make use of a similar situation from a movie like to work in an interesting way in your world do that it's fine but again part of what triggers a curse is the idea of just doing something that you might have been warned not to do or to break a vow is another potential source of curse that is also pretty interesting. But to have, again, an equal or greater resolution like just can be very, very interesting. So before we wrap up, let's just grab one example or two uh, from the sample curses here just to kind of go over something that might happen here. Okay, uh, here we go. So here's one that's basically the way I just described, the ancient seal. A curse protecting a long-dead ruler, yada, 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 don't leave, or don't disturb the remains. So there's the three sections that we've talked about. The pronouncement, you know, just like, hey, there's a curse. The burden, what is the actual curse itself due to you? And then what is the resolution that would fix things? So pronouncement, Carved into the stone of the crypt door are the words, Relentless death follows those who disturb the sovereign's rest. And then, the burden. Each character is hunted by a wraith that appears at sunset and vanishes at dawn, pursuing the single-minded goal of slaying the cursed individual. So again, having some form of creature that just follows for a specific amount of time which is another just interesting detail they're introducing here. Like, I really just like the idea of what could be done with this. And again, they also specify here, you can scale this curse 
for lower and higher level characters by choosing another kind of creature. So you can literally have different places around your world. Like if you really wanted to go the Remy level of nuts, like you can just make maps just of tomb here, tomb here, tomb here, tomb here, tomb here, tomb here, tomb here. That one's cursed. That one's cursed. That one's cursed. Uh, that one was cursed, but is in effect on this NPC over in this city. Like how far you go is up to you. Uh, but I, I've already uh, started doing that. So that's been fun. <laughs> so remember, everyone, you are not Remy. Remy is an odd case. If you are uh-huh. Remy, please get some help. You might need a therapist. Without a doubt. And then on to the resolution. The cursed character sets right what they disturbed. Stolen treasure must be returned, and if the ruler's body was disturbed, it must be reinterred with proper observances. So that last bit is actually kind of interesting too, because if you are in some ancient place, like there may not be a whole lot of like that people left. So then that creates like, oh, crap, we're cursed. We need to find someone who like knows the equivalent, you know, the equivalent of like Egyptian burial rites to help us set this. And then that creates a new potential NPC for you to create that creates a new just, you know, side venture that you have to deal with to find such a person and get them to agree to accompany you and do this like again infinite variety of ways of how you could go about doing all of this so there are some weirder ones in here too so innocent blood a character kills an undeserving person who lays a vengeful curse on them in punishment so pronouncement their final words you shall spill innocent blood until laid low by the moon's bite the burden character is cursed with loop guru lycanthropy so werewolves are bad enough this book does introduce a stronger variant of lycanthropy called the loop guru based on you know the mythological creature of the same name it's actually pretty neat and that's another one that i've added to the list that i might talk more about in the future but basically they're saying you can use werewolfism and any version of it you know based on just transitive rules here so you could actually have a curse be a source of lycanthropy and that just has some interesting implications to me for thinking about world building so just for funsies i want to make sure that you've been paying attention nathan i want you to come up with a curse i want you to give me just what is the cause what is the actual curse and how would it get resolved all right so the curse is a curse that happens if you have uh, if you steal um something let's say you steal something from uh this guy's vault right Mm -hmm. so if you steal something from the vault um you'll basically find essentially you'll find your sleep being tormented by nightmares and you'll wake up with a sharp pain in your head and like wherever you you went to sleep right you will find the item lying nearby right and essentially this will repeat and continue to happen until either you return the item or um 
you somehow one way or another repay like pay for the item in one way or another all right so if i could make a suggestion to make that even more devastating uh-huh. so let's say that the actual curse is just the fact that they suffer terrible nightmares that's the kind of thing that might make you not sleep so good so how bad might it get if every time they complete a long rest that they have to actually make a saving throw like let's just say mm-hmm, let's see what would be even restful sleep let's just be generous and call it a constitution saving throw just to see how well they're actually able to rest and like even if you give it like a relatively low dc like let's just say that it's a dc 12 so that's the kind of thing that yeah They've got decent odds to make such a save. Like, actually, no, let's even say DC 10. I keep it nice multiple of five. DC 10. But depending on, you know, who the cursed individual is, like if it's not a fighter, someone with proficiency in con saving throws, then that means that it there is a 50-50 shot any given day that this person may or may not actually get that long rest. So they might just get levels of exhaustion. And this is the kind of thing then that, again, with that 50-50 shot, if they're particularly unlucky, they might just die of exhaustion within a week if they get to that sixth level of exhaustion. Or if it is someone who can just make those saves more often than not, it's the kind of thing that may not actually be such a massive burden to them. And I actually think that that's also interesting. Like, are there going to be people in the world that might just accept a curse for whatever the thing that they get might be, like seeing that as worth it? So to actually have different power levels of curses out there makes sense, but then creates some interesting choices. Because this is something that I would love to put to my players to have them have to make a choice. Do you accept a curse? in exchange for having a cool thing or do you try to put things right to get rid of the curse because there is potential that someone might feel that's worth it depending on what the thing is and that's interesting so in summary making use of curses that cannot be gotten rid of by a single casting of remove curse is something that can add a lot of value and interesting story into your world because it creates plenty of opportunities for the dungeon master to create these situations where the player has to ask themselves was it worth it Thanks for listening to this episode of Rifts and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to the monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash Podcast, and you can send us an email, riftwakepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for today. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.